for his entire life, Donald Trump has operated above the law. But when he decided to run for president and won, what I think he never fully accounted for or estimated was the reality that for the first time in his life, he was going to have to live and operate, not just according to the law, but the presidency is so deeply embedded in the law that Trump was going to have to live in the law each and every day. And it's clearly starting to catch up with him. Yesterday uh, in the evening, his Florida home at Mar-a-Lago was raided. And it's the first time in my lifetime that we've seen an American post-presidency ever go down like this. Let me unpack and explain what I know, why it's important, and some big implications about what could happen around this raid in the Justice Department's probe. This is Sean King, and you're listening to The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. When Donald Trump left the White House, he he made so many mistakes just on his exit. Like there is the Trump presidency and then there's the post-election Trump. And then there's this kind of window of time from Election Day 2020 until Trump actually leaves office. And in that window... From election day until the date he actually left, he made so many mistakes in that window that were completely avoidable. Because in great part, what we've learned is that Trump's worst policies, like separating children from their parents at the border, and there are still a hundred to this day, there's still 150 children whose parents they can't find. I mean, it's we're talking like Nazi-level ugliness when they did that. But apparently, it's protected by law in so many ways. Trump's presidency and the actions that he took, including ugly things like the Muslim ban and other policy positions, are probably the worst things they did. The Muslim ban and separating children from their parents at the border, probably the cruelest, grossest crimes against humanity that they ever committed. But the United States does not participate in the International Criminal Court and things like that can't be prosecuted and won't be prosecuted here. But other huge mistakes that Trump made, like the January 6th insurrection that he was clearly a deep part of, That just didn't have to happen. And now he's up to his eyeballs. He's being sued by a lot of people who got arrested and jailed. He is still being investigated by the DOJ and the FBI and others around this. But like most gangsters, and Donald Trump really operated as president like you would expect a gangster to operate a thug to operate. He operated with a lot of gangster and thug principles and practices. A lot of times, 
when a gangster is in trouble, say for a murder, and there are these huge investigations into the life of that gangster, they end up not being able to try him for murder because they just can't prove it. And they end up getting him on something like tax evasion or some crime that that person never thought they would ever be held accountable for because they did horrific, ugly things. That's a huge, a huge comparison for Donald Trump because, yes, he had horrific, inhumane policies. He was a gross human being. But it looks like some of the things that might get him caught up were things he thought he was just going to be able to get away with very easily. And when he left the Oval Office, he took boxes and boxes and boxes, at least a dozen boxes, maybe more, of classified information. And Donald Trump, as you may or may not know, is, is and has been completely against electronic communication. And so he's not doing a lot of texting and emailing. He's doing a lot of handwritten stuff. And there are always a lot of printed documents that people had to give to him because he didn't. For one, he was just old school and never really adopted to the Internet age. But beyond being old school, he he operates like a gangster. <laughs> and a gangster's like, hey, I don't want my electronic communications found later. And so when you see all of these text messages, um, you know, around January 6th, one of the things you're not going to see is messages to him because he's not really a texter or an emailer. And so there's not a lot of communication with Donald Trump directly. You had to tell him in person or print it and hand it to him or handwrite it and hand it to him. And again, that's like a gangster practice all over the world. Well, when he left the National Archives, an extension of the federal government, after Donald Trump left, it took them months to determine that there were thousands of pages of documents that were missing and that some of them were so highly classified that to this day, they can't even describe publicly anything about the documents because the documents require such a high security clearance that it, it is illegal for us to even know the documents exist. And yesterday at Trump's Florida home, the list of documents that he took that were the highest classification, super classified, just the list was three pages long. And the list of other classified documents that he took was a hundred pages long. Not the documents, just the list of the documents. And we have no idea why he took them, but there's a lot of speculation. Did he take documents that he could use to blackmail people with later? Was he using those documents right now? It, did, it, did, did someone reveal from the inside something about those documents? A grand jury had already been formed because Trump refused to turn those documents over, back over to the National Archives. And a grand jury had already appeared. And it appears that that grand jury likely determined that criminal action took place. And a judge then had, so there's a grand jury. 
And then a judge signed off on a search warrant. It's, it was more of a, a search warrant was executed more than a raid. Um, Trump has used the word raid. They're almost interchangeable, but not quite. A search warrant was executed. And all of this was overseen by the FBI. And I have to say this. The director of the FBI is a Trump appointee. Still, they kept his appointee. Um, I wouldn't have, but it, it is what it is. So it's Trump's FBI director that's in charge here. Not, not some Democratic operative. This was Trump's appointee. And which makes it even harder to defend. Because this is, hey, this was your dude. You found him and appointed him. And he was approved by Republicans and passed. And so some of those documents that Trump kept, it was illegal for him to take them. Now, he's going to say, hey, as president, I had, I had the power to declassify any document. And my guess is that that will be... That argument will be caught up in court for a long time. Like, hey, I said that these documents weren't classified because I was president. And so there is no classified information here. This is all unclassified because I said so when I was president. That's my understanding that that will be his defense. But it could be that he has done something illegal with the documents. Like he's trying to sell them or use them in some kind of way and the United States government overheard or saw something like this. We don't know. And um, I'm not sure when we will quite know exactly what um, is in those documents or, or what exactly what crime they are arguing that he took, uh, that he made, rather, in taking the documents. But it is an unprecedented moment, not since Richard Nixon has an American president been in this much trouble? And Richard Nixon oversaw a crime uh, in Watergate that a lot of people went to jail for, and he avoided jail time, in essence, by stepping down, which was crazy. And uh, we're, we're in that moment where everybody knows this man wants to run for president again, um, in part because I think he loved the, the protection that the presidency provides him legally. But, uh, you know, obviously, while I'm not a fan at all of Joe Biden, uh, I, I think Trump is a monster and has to be stopped at all costs. I hope it's not stopped at the expense of keeping Joe Biden as president. But we will see. Trump is being investigated all over the country for crimes all over the country. And it's, it takes time for those things to trickle down through the legal system but it looks like he's closer and closer to being held accountable for his actions. Listen, I've got to run. I love and appreciate all of you. If you're not yet a member of the North Star, why not? If you're hearing me right now, you're listening to a product from the North Star, and we need you to join. You can join for as little as 8 bucks at thenorthstar.com. Please, please, please chip in today, become a member, and support the breakdown in thenorthstar.com. Take care, everybody. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day 
We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist, Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening, but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mom.